Happy Christmas, Aaron. How are you? And a Merry New Year. Um, I am slightly drunk. I've had a <laughs> glass of red wine and standing up is a real problem. And it's not because of COVID. It's because I have no tolerance to alcohol whatsoever. It's really funny. Um, I don't know if that's, that's like actually a bad thing because I've discovered what I have is a huge tolerance to the amount of alcohol that will give me a hangover. I can drink two, three glasses of red wine. Right. And, you know, I probably shouldn't drive, but it's not like I'm blinding. Um, but the next day, I'm just a mess. I'm like, every four hours, it's back to the ibuprofen. Some grim headache that's just like, it's asymmetric. That's what really worries me. Well, let's see, let's see what we can do with this one, then. This could be um, short. This could be short. I could start singing at any point. Something from yeah, the have, have you got a little bit of with you? I've got... I've got an I, I've got an electric to hand. Why are we going to finally pick a? Um, are we? It's not plugged in though. Are we going to finally pick a, a a theme song? That's probably not going to pick up on the mic. Um, are we finally going to pick some intro music? Do, do I have to play it? Do, do you actually believe? So this is something I've been thinking about. Do you actually believe we've ever had free speech in this country? I've had this conversation with my eldest daughter recently. No, we've never had free speech in this country because we don't have a written constitution. Therefore, we don't have guaranteed rights. What we have are laws, and laws tell us what we can't do rather than guaranteeing what we can do. So we've never had free speech. And anybody, especially in the South, who says, oh, if you have a copy of the Magna Carta in your pocket, the police can't arrest you, are talking absolute arse candle. And I, I use that word highly specifically after half a glass of red wine, because it's just nonsense, the ideas that we have in this country about our freedoms. We don't have any. They're not written down. Shall we actually talk about some rowing? Because this is supposed to be the end of year episode where we look Mission. back on what has been a monumental year for Broken Oars podcast, possibly the finest in our long and illustrious history of two years. Three years. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're actually, yeah, we're, this this July we'll be we'll have been doing this for three years, and, and yet we have yet to topple Joe Rogan at the top of the charts. We're doing something wrong. Probably talking like this. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Highlights of 2022. Uh, shall we start with 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 best pod moments? And this is where we both scramble to remember what we've talked about on the pod this year and who's, who's oh. been on. Okay, look, again, Tim will have a go at us for mm. frankly selling out and and going with the lure of <laughs> of fame. Yeah, what you and, and and the the shiny glint of Olympic medals, but yeah, there's for me it it it's true again. I mean, I'm 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 sorry. It's just like I I think he's an he seems like an absolutely splendid bloke first of all, and also just I don't. I've no real concept of anyone I've met who's thought as much about the business of making a boat go faster or as widely or as imaginatively. And having the chance to talk to her, that it was it was it was it was a bit of a magical one. I loved it. 
It was. It was. I mean, it took a long time to arrange because he's 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 very busy and quite hard to pin down. I would probably agree with you in terms of of just the sheer amount of content that you could you could mine out of that as a coach or a rower or just anyone who's interested in process or actually anyone who's just still intellectually curious. What struck me about it, and I don't know if you got this sense from Eric Murray as well, but oh, yeah. in the in the Antipodean mindset there is like a curi there's a curiosity to go well but why but yes but but why and if we do this then then what will happen right so that's happened but why and and in britain i obviously we've been very successful at a very high level you know henley this year had some smashing crews completely thumping it out um but we tend to go with the dennis approach which is okay do this okay we don't do the but why thing and drew gin's just but why i mean when he talked about taking a, a hacksaw to a very expensive pair because he wanted to find the optimum trim at rate 36. that i mean but why yeah that 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 is like that's the that's the example that you always come back to but it was just like literally everything every kind of like moment that you're speaking to he was just he was just picking things apart and making you think about yeah. how do we do this yeah what yeah again it, it, it's that right why are we doing this is is this the best way we can do this what happens if you know if we tighten that screw or what happens if we just hit that with a hammer what should it be doing mm. and you know, as he said, he was he was applying this to like, you know, team sports and stuff he didn't know about, but he was just able to just kind of like, let's bring that mentality into different environments and use that mentality to generate more performance, which yeah. was just brilliant. It was great. It, it was great. I'm going to get, I mean, this is technically last year. I'm going to give a shout out to Kath Bishop because i've i've reread her book over christmas yes we it's just been a riot of carol concerts and pantomimes and and reading performance books it, it, she was just a wonderful guest but also the philosophy that she's expounding about changing the concept of winning which is it she's talking about a massive societal change for a positive net gain i think there was a huge amount in that and her book is utterly fantastic what about small Erg's big dreams? Because I wish I'd enjoyed being young and enthusiastic and bulletproof back at the point when I should have been young, enthusiastic, bulletproof and full of certainty. And Archie and Ethan just were. They just like bounced onto our screens like spaniels going, let's go and play with the ball, metaphorically. Uh, no, um, I don't like them because they're young, they're mm -hmm. fit, they're good yeah. looking, they're having loads of fun. The weight of the world is not upon them. And um, frankly, I hope that climate change gets them. Yeah, actually, I'm not going to nominate them. Sod them. Yeah, sod them. Sod them, sod them all. Smaller <laughs> extremes. We're, you're no, we're no longer friends. Frankly, they've got more followers than us on Instagram. And uh, yeah, no. Yeah, they they're having smooth skin. Smooth skin and way too much fun. Jez. Because Jez came back on this year, and I think that every podcast with, that Jez has been in has been a good one. Mm, yeah, like, train with interest. 
train with interest. I think, I think we should look at making a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy type pocket version of jazz. So everyone has a jazz. They can carry a jazz with them at all points when they get we stuck. We jazz app, don't we? Like a jazz app. So you've got jazz on hand permanently, like a mix of Obi-Wan, Kenobi and Yoda, but with a better erg score and coaching record. Yes. A pocket version. Now, yeah, I mean, let's face it, Yoda, he coached Luke Skywalker, but he also coached his dad. That's the best 50%. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't think for Jedi that that there is no, I'll try, there is only do. I don't think that's a very positive coaching message in in today's environment. Yeah, he should have chunked that task. He should have broken it down into smaller, manageable, bite-sized chunks. Okay, so so yes, we're going. Yes, I have been writing my PGCE essay today, and it is eating my life and my brain. Have you been doing a PGCE, Lou? And I've hardly noticed it, despite the fact for the last four months I've hardly seen you because you've either been working or essaying or dying. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That I w- wouldn't describe that as any part of the highlight of of my of my year. Maybe we should do lowlights, and that one can fit in. Okay, well, we'll yeah. look at low lights at some point. So we're going with Drew because it was an amazing episode. Honorable mentions, not small, small ergs, big dreams because they're just young and insupportable. Everyone should have a jazz, uh, you know, uh, on their phone, on on you know, to guide them through life. But we we had we as ever we had some great guests. Best rowing moment. What was your best moment in a boat on an erg, watching a race? What's your best rowing moment? <sighs> Can I break it down into like different? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, come on then. Okay, because you see, the thing is, I have got three parts to my rowing life. Right. I've got the indoor side. I've got the yeah. water side, and I've got the coastal side. But are we not? We're not talking about the indoor side now because it's all full of drug cheats. Apart from Tony Larkman, who's not a drug cheat at all. He's a good um, man. Oh God, I I. Oh. Are you still fighting with people on Instagram about the I'm, fact I'm they- not I'm not I'm not fighting because you know again I think like the most fundamental thing that I came to the realization of is that whatever you see somebody doing on a rowing machine you should always ask what training program are they on not what stack are they on but I'm finding that harder and harder to do that I mean if if there's been a genuine low light of the last 12 months mm-hmm. it's going from thinking you know c- coming out of lockdown when everybody just had to do like indoor rowing that's the only rowing we can do because we're locked down and we can't go out on the river we can't go to the clubhouse um the only people who can do it like people with their own jetty and singles so everybody was on the indoor rowers going from there to and thinking this is going to be it this is going to be like the convergence of indoor rowing and rowing and speaking to people like john stevenson um who was like just open-minded and happy and doing all these great stuff to help people out and then literally partaking in competitions over the past 12 months really and going from being massively bright-eyed and bushy-tailed 
to the point where it's like I don't really that I don't really care about winning or losing in competitions anymore. I just want to push myself and see how hard I can go. Okay. Because I'm not entirely sure that I trust anyone anymore. I, I, I can't stop myself from saying, you know, my response now is when I see somebody doing something awesome on a rowing machine. And you got to remember that I started rowing in rowing machines in the days of Nick Fleming and Graham Benton, like basically guys with jobs knocking out international standard times mm. because they were immense athletes and they put the time in because they, okay. they, they did the training. They did the hours and hours of sitting there with a heart rate monitor on. And that and that was and that was the argument back in 2003 2004 that was the argument people were having online you know how do you train mm. nobody was talking around saying mm, i wonder what he's on is he on something and that's not really what happens anymore we we we've lost that and it's because you know people we've talked about but it's also because there are loads of people we haven't talked about who haven't failed drug tests Yes. And and as we know, not failing a drug test is a surefire sign of innocence. So in terms of your best rowing moment, has that has that coloured your enjoyment of what you do this year? And has that changed um the way that w when I ask that question, what's your best rowing moment, does that mean that a that an indoor event might not be on the list? Well, I mean the thing is being involved with an indoor rowing team. Mm has been brilliant fun because it's just everybody's got the same goal which is pulling very hard for as long as they can yeah. and you know i'm kind of in the middle of a pack um there's there's me and ben and we're both chasing dylan and then we've got ian and rob and philip and they're all kind of like They've all got their own kind of like special abilities, whether it's like really, really fast, short, intense stuff, or just like doing ridiculous numbers of events in one day. Mm. All of these things, I think that's been absolutely brilliant fun. I've loved that. Um, I've loved just like kind of getting involved in silly online competitions. But yeah, I've, I've just kind of, I don't, see victory in other people that I don't know. I look at that and I just can, you can get that any single way. You can't trust that. Yeah. You can't trust the outcomes anymore. Yeah. So best rowing moment for you, the, with, best the, rowing with, moment, with um, the caveat that the indoor rowing is now a bit of a dark place. I wouldn't say it's a dark place. I'd say it's a murky place surrounded by smoke and mist and i am just in the middle of it on my machine and i'm doing what i want actually you know i still enjoy just doing you know stupid online races it's still really good fun 
um, which reminds me, I've got to do like a 500 meter time trial. What before bed? No, no, before before um, New Year. Year's Eve. Man of your talent. I mean, that's like one minute twenty one seconds. What are you complaining about? Oh, well, it's not going to be that fast. <laughs> You're powered by pudding. One minute twenty four. We'll we'll be very happy. Okay. Very happy indeed. But anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, then and then there's the the mix between. I I think steering a boat. I'm I'm going to say steering a boat. Steering quads down the stour um has been flipping awesome um and and that it's just been this like this is just so much fun i have so much power and there's just like i'm allowed to look around the boat you're allowed to look out of the boat when you're steering it aaron did you know that i didn't i didn't dennis and maddie never told us that you can just like it's like just that i'm running along i better look out of the boat in case we crash well there um, is that as well so so that there's that um went to dance and dashes um beats uh people of an age with small words big dreams which was uh which was very satisfying uh engaging in a bit of codgering um <laughs> codgering <laughs> And uh, and then and then there's been then there's been the coastal rowing thing. You've got into this in a big way. You you think it I, could well be the future. I am if if you're gonna ask me what I'm looking forward to mm. next summer, it's Folkestone, Dover, Deal, and Herne Bay. It's okay. not British Masters, it's not um Henley Masters even. I want to go to those. Mm-hmm. I do. I want to race at them. But where do I think I'm just going to have an absolute blast? Is actually those four regattas, which are, you know, it's like what they're really, really silly little beachfront regattas with absolutely, you know, no nothing at stake and no kudos and whatever. But here's the thing. For someone who lives in East Kent, I'm talking about like half an hour drive to Folkestone, 20 minutes to deal, quarter of an hour to Dover. Okay. There's a whole 45 minute drive to Herne Bay. And if they really, really get me into it, they'll get me to go back to Worthing. And Worthing is a really, really nice place. Have you ever been there? I haven't been to Worthing, no. I've I've it's, been a little bit like around a, Kent, but not Bosch Bognoregis. You're going to have to give me a few days to get my head around that concept, but I'll, I'll go with it. It's it's really, it's lovely. And there's like, you know, there's great coffee on the beachfront and it, it's fantastic. It's a long way. It's about two and a half hours away though, because okay. it's like all the way down the M23. So you win some, you lose some. But no, um, all those, all that kind of racing and, and everything about, the way they set up racing, the fact that you're part of a league, so you're not just racing for pots, you're racing for points in the league and position in the league. Um, so everything counts. Everything counts. The fact that they give you a prize for second place. Is it? Does it say first 
first loser on it by any chance? Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> all, all the, I just think that all these things are just like they've really just, it, haven't they? It's just fun. It's it's going back to the days of kind of honest to god village regattas. It's St. Neots, when you could actually still get a row at St. Neots, and, and they never oversubscribe. This is really important to remember. It's just like, because, oh, we've got more people, we'll just put another boy out. We're just going to push you further out to sea. Yeah. They in really- Dover, in Dover, you, you can practically be picked up by the French Coast Guard if they've got like 12 or 13 entrants into a race. I was going to ask, seeing as you're essentially racing across the channel in small boats, uh, is there not a fear that, that the Royal Navy will, will shoot you because you're incoming migrants? The Royal Navy doesn't do that. Well, uh, so we're, so as, we're told. As, as the migrants have uh, fairly, fairly uh, conclusively worked out. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, we're, you know, we... It's it's just it's a blast. They've um, they've really they've I think they've really worked it out in a way that we because we 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 talked about this in the early days of the podcast with people like Andy Hodge about the need to somehow revitalize the regatta scene and the local regattas and 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 the yeah. the regional stuff. But the coastal rowing's really taken the bull by the horns. They've essentially made it a great day out for the entire family where you also get to race. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, you can take the kids along because there is something for them to do. I mean, if nothing else, then go for like a paddle in the sea. Exactly. They're at the seaside. Um, ice cream and fish and chips later. Or, you know, ice cream and fish and chips all the time. I, I think it's, it's a good way to go. Um, it's brilliant fun. You know, you're in a seaside town. You're in Folkestone. You can wander into like... Did you know that Folkestone has an incredibly cool and hip kind of like arts quarter? Oh, it's totally bohemian. I, I couldn't get into it. I was way too northern and too middle class, so they stopped me, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, no, it's 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 really, really good. Dover's still a bit down at hill, but it's got it's got again, it's got like these little kind of gems in there around the waterfront that's just like wow this is so cool you're really selling it aren't you and is this because as well as you know what are we looking forward to next year um you and i have have in the same way that hitler and stalin agreed to carve up poland and czechoslovakia between them we've agreed that if work allows you will come up to newcastle and do rutherford head in a quad Yeah, and I'm going to come down and sample coastal rowing. You're really good. I mean, I haven't sold Rutherford Head to you at all. It's cold. It's miserable. There's polar bears. It's tidal. We'll probably die. And you're basically going, you have to try the coastal rowing thing, Aaron, which is my return journey if you come to Rutherford. Yeah, no, and it happens in the summer. It happens in the summer where there's no bears. No no bears at all. No, um, we, we don't have polar bears. And even though we now do have seals for them to eat. Are we also looking forward to finally doing Durham Regatta with Andy Hodge and Jack Beaumont, which has been on the calendar since they both came on? Well, it's a nice idea. Um, it is a nice idea. They, they are both very, very busy men. They are. And Can we, I just say one? We, of, we shall see. We'll, we'll keep it penciled in. We'll keep it penciled in. 
And Durham Regatta have actually invited us to come and do the commentary on their racing for them in, when 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 we're not racing. Okay. They've emailed us, yes. Cool, let's do it. I think we should do it because I've also written to the Henley organisers and said, look, you, you, you have Crossy, and let's be honest, he's a, he's a god. You have Phelpsy, and he just has a wardrobe from hell. His his blazer collection is amazing. You have Camilla. You have all of these people. What you basically need are a, a, a half-time Morecambe and Wise comedy <laughs> Half-articulate, scuzzy, middle-aged man who used yeah. to be quite good at the sport a while back. Can we come and commentate at Henley Royal Regatta? So far, no reply. I have a feeling there will be no reply. I, I, <laughs> I reckon we need to have a really good go at like commentating at, at Durham and maybe something like Peterborough. Peterborough would be a good getting, one. Getting on the mic at Peterborough. Let's, let's face it. Are we going to rock the mic? We can say will be offensive to anyone from Peterborough. Well, I mean, give us time. We've we've usually managed to offend most people given time. I think one of my fa one of my favourite rowing moments of of last year, and I, I'm not going to choose a, a one that I was involved with, although there there are several because we're going to come to best outing that we've had. My favourite rowing moment was Andy Hodge saying he couldn't possibly do Durham Regatta. He could because his body was so knackered he couldn't do the 800 meters, and then he promptly got in a boat and paddled around the entire 7,000-mile coastline of Britain. I, I heard it was 7-million-mile coastline of Britain. I've heard that it's impossible to measure the coastline of Britain. There are YouTube channels devoted to it. I thought it was 7,000 or 11,000 miles, depending upon which, which cartography. It, it which depends cartography. which way you go. Now, now, did he do it as like, as like, we're staying in the boat? He stayed in the boat apart from once off the west coast of Scotland when they had to be airlifted off because they were in the middle of a of a force ten gale with an incoming hurricane. Is that? I, hang on, wait a second. That's the. Is that the same west coast of Scotland that has some of the finest distilleries known to man? I wouldn't. I can't possibly comment about the fact that yes, all of the best single malt whiskies were in the area at the time they were airlifted off. I mean, literally, when you say in the area, we're talking an area of maybe forty got, miles radius. Yeah, you've got all of the island malts. You've got all of the Highland malts. You're, you're dipping down into some of the nicer lowland malt. You've got. You've basically got the Lagavulin. You've got. You've got everything that you want in a whiskey collection, essentially. I'm getting a hangover just talking about this. Just, yeah. So, so he couldn't do Durham because it was too far, and then he yeah. went and rode around the coast of Britain. Well, racing. at least we invited him. We invited him. We did invite him. 800 meter racing. That's just great. That's just silly. That's just wind it up off the start and hang on till the end, isn't it? You know, it's it's kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been talking about this on on a nameless social media platform, but I I think you can genuinely... There, there is there is no settle in an 800 oh. meter race. Oh, I think... blast I and blast and blast and hope you don't run... You're going to run out of steam. But yeah. you, you run out of steam after the other one. I think the push down to rhythm callers is, is highly overrated, especially now I don't have a rhythm to push down into. I just think we should go until we blow up and, and then... And yeah, yeah, just, just hope, hope the others have blown up first. <laughs> hope the others have blown up it, too. It doesn't matter. Um, um, 
I'm going to ask you for something that this, this could be the whole podcast. What was your best workout of the year? What was your favorite or best workout that you had? There could be many. This is dead air, Lewin. I'm going to have to yeah, fill no, that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go sort of like my, yeah, my, um, oh, I don't know. Because I was, I I was talk- very silly and I, I did a sort of like not massively impressive half marathon the other day. And that was quite good fun just because it's like. I saw that. That was the that sixth was- fastest half marathon in my age group registered this year on the Concept 2 logbook, which is just like. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I didn't think it was um, slow. I saw I, I I saw the split. It wasn't slow at all. It was it was decent. And then you did yeah. a thirty minute. You did a thirty minute, and what did you pull? Eight eight two oh nine on thirty minutes. Oh uh, yeah, that that running? that was that was training. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was quite happy with the result of that. Um, but I think it's probably. I don't remember quite why I did it, but it was definitely kind of. It was some kind of competition. I did a 5K earlier this year and lost it somewhere in the last 1,500 metres. Oh, killer. But but still managed to bring it back and got like 1648. I was actually really, really chuffed with that. Um, good God, you you haven't moved at all in the in the ten or twelve years since we used to be good. Your scores are two, two pips. Years. Every, everything is two two pips lower. Yeah, maybe two and a half. Okay, that's still. I mean, sixteen forty nine, sixteen forty eight is, is still a you know that's still a Henley boat at Agecroft score. That's not bad. Yeah, um, no. just just. And now you're like, what are you now? 62, 64, something like that. Same. You yeah, know, yeah. Years, again. <laughs> few years younger than me. Born, born in the days of the theatre sensor, you know. Yeah, I'm going to nominate for my my favourite workout because it's been a very interesting year of near death experiences. And I'm going to give a shout out to Dan Armstrong, not because otherwise he'll never talk to me again, but but. Um, I went down on a Thursday night to to what I thought would be doing a um like a steady state two by twenty or you know three tens or something followed by circuits. And he went, right everyone, today we're doing a 30-minute test at rate 20. And it's about 10 years since I last did a serious full battle rate battle dress 30 rate uh 30 minute rate 20 test. And it wasn't good because of the score, which was frankly, uh, <laughs> it, it drove me to co- seriously contemplate um, self-harm. It was just because he sprung it on us. And I think that, I think the surprise test is a really good weapon in a coach's arsenal. And coaches should do more of them because, and, and, you know, we all know people, even at, at our great age, but certainly when we were decent, we, we knew people who talked a good game. We, you know, I think that's fair to say people who, who would tell us about amazing scores they pulled in the past or people who, you know, they were going to do this, that and the other. And then the no, not about ben Charles. I'm not mentioning anything <laughs> about Ben Charles. He was a, he was a beast of a man, especially when he hadn't been given any sugar for a while. But they, people who talked a good game and then, and then when it, when the 5k loomed or the, or the, the, the rate 20, 30 minute loomed or the 2k's loomed, they suddenly developed a cough or a sprain or a bad back or a, or a, you know, they started getting their excuses in a couple of weeks beforehand. 
to explain why they weren't going to pull a good score. And Dennis was always like, well, you get what you get. So that's, that's it regardless. Um, and I think that just right today we're doing, and then you have to do it is a great way to be reminded that you, you, you train for consistency and in rowing, you get what you get. And yeah. mine was, mine was horrible. It's literally, I can't remember the last time I did a proper ERG test. I've had COVID three times this year and we're not going to talk about, you know, some of the, the, the various things associated with it because they haven't been fun, but pretty serious illness notwithstanding. It was utterly horrible. And I speak as a man who last year, you know, you and I talked about it. I, I was getting the rate 18 for 60, 70 minutes, you know, sub two minute splits around about what they used to be at, at Agecroft. But all of the mental strategies, you know, the things that you you learn to get yourself through a test, yeah. all of those mental strategies that you build up as part of training and racing just weren't there. And the week before, I'd done my my 220s at like a two-minute split. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll try and go sub two minutes. I can I can hang on for 30 minutes if I can do if I can do you know two 20. minutes. Yeah, yeah, for 40 minutes or 20. And it, it was horrible. It was darker, harder, and just infinitely more brutal than I remember. And I remember it being pretty dark and hard and horrible and pretty brutal. And I just remember after about five minutes going, I'm not making the end of this. I was two minutes and then the split kept going down and down and down. And I kept pulling it back and I was fighting with it. And I got to the end and it was just, it was just, it was just awful. And then a week later, I did 40 minutes at a two minute split. And I averaged like 205 for my 30 minute test, which was just like blowing my head off. And then I came down with COVID, which explains a lot. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's my best. I think that's my favorite workout because I love the, well, today we're doing this and you have to do it. I like being put on the spot, even though it was horrible and my score was terrible and my younger self just went, you pussy. I, th I think, yeah, I, I think there is, it's probably like one of the best things about being in a club and having a coach that tells you what to do. Yeah. That just stuff like that happens. And he's just like, oh my God, yeah, I've got to do whatever it is, whether it's like a 30 minute or a 5K or whatever. And you just have to do it. And then, and it possibly all goes wrong, but you've still done it. You've still done it. And I also think the surprise test, it takes the fear away because you just have to do it. I mean, I never, I never worry about racing on the start line. I just go as hard as I can and presume that I'll, I'll make it to the finish because I always have. And I think when you, when you build the 2K test or the 5K test or the, the 30 minutes at 20 test, which is a great baseline test, by the way, it is a really good test. And it's a really good test of kind of mental fortitude. If it's just sprung on you, you can't build it up into a monster. You just have to do the best you can. Yeah. And that's, and that's basically all that we can ever do in life. Indeed. I, I had a question. I had a question about what was your. My PB at 30? No, no. It wasn't what I pulled in October or whenever it was. No, you, you see, you see, this is it. I mean, this is this is the dark days between Christmas and New Year. My brain doesn't really work. I've basically been poisoning myself with um, Christmas consumables, and I I remember thinking, "Oh, I've got a really really good question I can ask him." 
Do you do um, Christmas in in the way that it should be, which is like it's not like when you meet people on Boxing Day and they go, "How's your Christmas?" and you go, "I'm still bloody having it." There are twelve days to it. Are, are are you a person who likes to you know push the stolen and pudding and smoked salmon and and probably a little bit too much wine, you know, into the New Year at least um, into New Year's even New Year's Day. For me, it's more about the runner. Because you see, noticeably, the supermarkets are just useless on this front, and they clear their shelves by, by what are we? We're the twenty eighth today. We're the twenty eighth. Yeah, on the twenty eighth, there will be nothing Christmassy. There, there will be no more stolen. There will be no more Christmas pudding. They they give you about two days, and they might, if they're feeling generous, discount it. Yeah. And then I don't know if they just take it to some massive freezer or somewhere and they just save it for next year or they just bin it, which just sounds like a horrible waste or whatever it is. But you can't find any more Christmas stuff. And so I kind of make a point of the fact that over December, I will have stolen, I will have mince pies, I will have Christmas pudding, I will have panettone. And I will have Christmas cake. I'm with and you. And there's there there is still some left. There's still a Christmas pudding left. At some point, probably on Friday, the thirtieth, there's going to be some brandy sauce made. And and yeah, we're and nobody else in my family likes Christmas pudding. So that's very much more for me. So uh yeah, that's basically have you, remem- ha- have you remembered your question yet? Or no. shall I ask? Okay. Completely not. Completely Do- gone because we're that professional. We're that professional. Do you have a best outing? Can you remember one outing where you just went or, or even I'll give you two where it was just this is why we row. Thank you very much. Don't wrap it. I'll be using it as it is. I think probably going out with Manny in the double. So it was just it was just one of these things. It wasn't like a planned thing. We just said, oh, we're gonna go 4K out, 4K back. And I and we just went out about 20 strokes a minute. Okay. And we just went really fast. It was just one of those days when we were both up for it, both up for just absolutely smashing it. Mm-hmm. Got about so we did the 4K, turned around, came back. It's a tidal river. So it was basically slack water. So that was yeah. one of the reasons why it was really good. Excuse me. That's okay. And and basically, we had about 2K to go, and we both were starting to get a bit tired. And I was at stroke, and without asking i just like kind of over about three strokes just pick the rate up from 20 to 22 and we just started zipping along again and it was just one of those things and it was just it wasn't really like a great day weather-wise it was just nice mm-hmm. bringish day in the evening midweek sometimes probably the easter holidays have we finally drowned the frog in your throat think so yeah um but, but yeah we we just did this sort of low rate 
8K outing. Probably took us about 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was just great. It was just one of those, you know, those things where you're rowing with someone and the timing's right and the balance is right. And they have to say something, they have to give you like one instruction, maybe every five minutes. And the boat just sits. It's, it's a boat we call Jack, which is a bit of an old tub. Yeah. So it's like, it's very easy to balance, but it's actually fairly quick. And it was just great. It was brilliant outing. Loved it. Yeah. I think that, I think, that was my favorite outing. I think that's why we all row. I mean, I, I have... I have one outstanding favorite, but I'm going to do a couple of honorable mentions. So the first one was, um, at the very start of the year, uh, John T, Paul and I went out in a quad at six in the morning to, so we could get back in time to double up and do the eight o'clock session. And it's probably cause I, I haven't really been back at time that long. It's only been about a, a year and a bit, I suppose, year and six months, maybe. And a lot of that time has been spent quite seriously ill. And it was just yeah. one of those, it was just one of those things where the, the, the water was like glass. It was unbelievably nice water. Um, I'd been kind of scratching around and it, it's that weird thing as a rower from the outside, you kind of look like, you know what you're doing, but on the inside, cause it's been so long, the basic fundamentals are still there, but the fine nuance isn't. And from the first stroke we took at the, and this, this six o'clock outing missed on the river, there was a literally a heron every 20 yards. It must've been a, a great year last year for them. Um, water like glass, it was just flawless all the way there and all the way back. It was yeah. a, even with pause rowing and eye shut rowing, the timing was immaculate. It just, it just made me think, right, well, okay, I, I didn't really want to come back because I didn't want to be crap at it, but there's obviously still something left. So that is, that was one of my, uh, one of the best rows ever. The other one was racing against Zoe and Anna in the pair in the quad, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. Yes. Who are, who are rapid. But we were doing that thing that where Dan sets us off and he goes, right, well, you're in the pair, so you'll get X amount of start and the, quad will get this start and the eight will get this start and we were doing pieces up and down the long straight on newburn bridge and we were going down from newburn back towards newcastle and um there was a i had that weird thing where they were way ahead of us and i was at stroke and i started to see wake which i've never really done before i thought oh we must be coming back on them and then the wake got bigger and then i started to see puddles and i kind of judged on the bank yeah, yeah. side I judged on the bank side that we probably had about 300 meters left and they were going to hang on unless we did something. And without calling it, I just wound the rate up and magically everyone in the boat just kind of came with me, didn't have to call it. And it very rarely happens, but I just, uh, as it wound up, the boat speed picked up and everyone came with me. Yeah. We did end up catching them, but they, they gave us a hell of a time and the, the best outing. So Thursday evening, Tyne United quad Thursday evening, six o'clock session. T the tide was fully up. So that means going to Wyland and back, which is basically like, like rowing at Henley, but no, in the North, it's just glorious and rural. Uh, so I was at stroke. Stephen Graham was at two. Trevor Robinson was at three and Joe McConnell, who is our coach, our 21 year old Newcastle university super coach was sitting in at bow and bringing that Newcastle magic into it. 
And it was just one of those outings where some of them kind of are just good all the way through, but some of them start well and just get better and better and better and better. And there was a point when we spun at Wylam and came back down. Dan is a solid coach, you know, and and a solid bloke. You've met him and a great launch driver. But there's a point where we spun and we started heading back down and he was filming us. And all of a sudden we were leaving him and he suddenly had to gun the motor to catch up, which was always a nice feeling. Yeah. And then we started doing some start pieces and we built it into like a um, a two minute piece, maybe maybe like a 600 meter piece at the end. And Dan actually filmed, uh, filmed it. It's somewhere on our G drive. And I remember looking at it going, that looks like proper rowing. <laughs> and I linked it into Hodge and he went, that's decent. Your coach must know what he's doing. And I was like, that's not bad. And it was just a lo- another lovely night, another lovely night in a boat. So, you know, what? Oh, you- God. Yeah. No, actually, I remember. I remember. Tell yeah. Me to ask you. Yeah. And it was. What was, it was your favorite scurrilous rowing rumor? Oh. This is referring to something I should know, isn't it? Well, no, no, no. I mean, it's like <laughs> there potentially being so many. So, I mean, it's like obviously we have been told things in confidence that we cannot reveal until all the parties are dead, and preferably we are too. Yeah, and if, but, and if if we're not dead, they'll make sure that we are. Yeah. Oh, and, a, and you know, that's a really hard question, man. I don't, I don't have a ready answer for that. Uh, m- mine was undoubtedly the the entire "Where's Joshy" episode. Oh, oh, Josh, where's Josh? Where's he? Where, gone? where is Josh now? What oh, is really? Josh doing yes. with his time? I'm, re- yeah, I'm not going to reveal any sources, but what actually happened to Josh uh, in in that in that window of time between Henley and kind of starting again, and and the rumours that he was no longer in the squad. Which we which we could never kind of track down, but I think we both heard from various sources. And actually, that's a good question. Is he still on the um the British athletes web page? Hang on. Hang on. Are we actually looking it up now? Yeah, oh yeah. Because we're that professional. Because we're that because we're that slick, that's a good one. I mean, another one is that we we did a meeting with British Rowing's comms team uh before the Olympics in in, in Tokyo. And we gave them a load of ideas about how to structure their 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 um, social media. We talked about micro narratives, and the, you know they were still using macro narratives about Helen Glover's pregnancy and comeback. And it's like, look, it's all about micro narratives in the age of social media. And we gave them um, Athlete Monday, meet the team, follow the boat, uh, meet the team behind the team, all that kind of stuff. And uh, lo and behold, after the Olympics, they've now started doing Athlete Mondays and Meet the Team. I can't wait for them to launch Follow the Boat and and um, Meet the Team Behind the Team. I just want to know, British Rowing, if you're listening, who do we send the invoice to? And, <laughs> and, and do you want our full pitch document? So next time your comms team says, hey, we've got a great idea to raise the profile of rowing in this country, you can actually see where it came from. A northerner who lives on a dragon-infested cliff and a southern overlord. Good God. Indeed. Uh, no, uh, Josh Bogowski is is still listed as being part of the men's squad. Right. So is he, so he, I guess he's still... Can we, 
This time, although done. British Rowing have been known to be not like the most up to date when it comes to their websites, but never mind. Yeah, that is that is actually true. It actually leads on to the next to another question, which is, what was your favourite race? Now, this can be either be one you were involved in or one that you saw, and I think that Tom George, Sir Tom, King King Tom, um, against uh, Josh's pair in the in at Henley was a pretty savage contender for 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 racing. Do you um, remember? Do you remember watching it? I I would actually say that it was it was the final of of the of the goblets, yeah, uh, silver silver goblets and nickels where it didn't go the way it was meant to go. Let's just say that <laughs> um, the the colonials um, engaged in the rebellion did actually see off our Tom and Ollie. But I, I think, you know, in terms of a race I watched with bated breath, and to be honest, I love the Henley coverage. I You get angles looking down the course at the boats coming towards you. Mm. And you can just see, like, the flicker of the bow ball as it's moving around. You just realise, actually, that, you know, you know that actually what's going on in that boat, it's chaos. It is that... What do they say in Formula One? If it feels like you're in control, you're not going fast enough. You're not going fast enough, yeah. And and you kind of, you know, again, you know, yeah, the blades are off the water every single stroke, and you know the you know this the synchronization is perfect and the balance is perfect, but you know that they are, you know, it's that two K race feeling where it's just where you're not ahead, you're not behind, it's all to play for, you cannot relax, and you're just living in fear of the smallest bobble on the water just ruining your whole day. Yeah. Um, and it was an immensely close race. It was really hard for. Um, the Kiwis were unfortunately brilliant. Um, and it and it was just it was just great small boat racing. Um and I loved watching that. I think we've got to give props to Henley this year after saying it had turned into a bit of a local bun fight in 2021. I thought the standard of racing was uniformly fantastic. There was some amazing stuff. Some of the schoolboy races. Uh, and school- oh, the schoolboys quads. Unbelievable. That was just God. And those... and two, Your first and your second quad to see them... There, there is a rowing coach who has earned his pay this year. But Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm also going to say there are eight schoolboys who have who have given themselves to something greater than just their own selfish wants. I mean, that is, god damn, that was good. That was good. Um, but you know, the, the the club the club boats were brilliant. Um, you've got to say Molesy and the Thames and not just because of Thames tradesmen's shenanigans with, with, you know, fiddling their crews around and stuff like that, that, that the Thames this year was, it was a genuinely solid, good, hard fought competition. And, as, and it, there was a lot of it was just bloody close. Very close. You, you know, there, there were just some awesome, awesome races. Henley was, was good. 
Henley was really good this year. Um, I, I, I just want to say with the camera angles you mentioned, it actually reminds you, which you, you, you get the feel of it in a boat, but it actually reminds you how far 2100 and change meters actually is on a big river, how wide this strip is, because it feels incredibly narrow at times and they seem magnetically drawn towards each other. I'm going to, I'm going to, for my best race, and there, there are many, and I've mentioned some of the contenders and, and, you know, I agree with you on what you've said. Henley, women's quad, final, Claire Court against Redwood Scholars. Yes. It's not an anti-American thing, although there is something about the hey-ho, let's go, rah, 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 about American crews, and when they howl on the start line, you kind of go... Yeah, that's, that's great. This is Henley, please. Please, I've nearly dropped my strawberries. Um, but I thought that in the Henley of amazing races, I mean amazing, amazing races, you know, for Dan, I was happy that Durham did well. You know, Newcastle made a good fist of it. Edinburgh with Colin Williamson were fantastic. This was the one for me on so many reasons. First of all, both crews were outstanding. They were utterly outstanding. To race like that at 15, 16, 17 years of age is unbelievable. And Redwood off the start led and they looked great. They looked great, which is at Henley, leading off the start is massive. It takes a huge amount of confidence and know-how yeah. and nows to come back. But I thought Claire's court sculling was just sublime. It's the sort of sculling I would like to be capable of in a quad. It was just, it was great to be down, to keep their rhythm, to keep their rate, to keep their composure, to keep their cool for for 2000 meters and change and then row through. And, and actually they went when they saw a wobble in the Redwood crew, they went. Yeah. So it, it wasn't just grinding them down. It, it was hard, canny racing. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally watching it right now. It's unbelievable. Um, you, you, you know what? You, you, the, I, I don't know, because obviously they've done like um, three or four races to get to this point. Yeah. But they nail the start. You know how all the all the um, coxless fours and quads mm. on the, what is this, on the island side of the river. Yeah. Kind of get it one and swerve away from the island. Yeah. They didn't do that. The, the, I'm, the, just, I'm the, just watching the, it right now. They they just kind of like, yep, they are just straight down. They had a brilliant start, Redwood. What a brilliant start. And maybe I'm getting older. Maybe maybe I'm growing up, which is a possibility that hasn't happened before, but we have to entertain it. But I actually get a genuine lift from seeing other people and young people do things really, really well. And I thought Claire's caught. Not small legs, big dreams, though. Not small ergs, big dreams. We, no, we don't, absolutely not. not no, we, we, we're, we're, we're pretty anti small ergs, big dreams at this point in our career. But I thought Claire's court against Redwood Scholars, um, just, just outstanding, just amazing sculling on a difficult track. And I know people will say, well, the Chinese women's quad, let's be honest, they're not humans. They're robots. You, you, you can, you can see that there's someone with like a remote controlled car thing going catch, drive, catch, drive, catch on the, on the side. I thought that was my best race in a Henley of amazing races. Yeah, it just it it's just nip and tuck. It's all the way down. It's, it's hammer and tongs all the way. And then I think as they come towards the enclosures, um, Redwood wobble slightly, and Claire Court just push. Maybe it's a steering thing, and and the Astor, I can't remember exactly, but there there's a slight wobble, and 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 Claire's Court just go, and they take maybe half a length, maybe a length out of them. 
just just fantastic to do that at that age is just unbelievably good yeah i i, I don't know i'm 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 scrolling through it now but the, the computer's being a bit slow yeah i think it's a steering thing i think they kind of like yeah oh there she goes looks around has to make the correction and yeah and they're off um and, yeah. and they're off and they're going through and redwood couldn't get it back they didn't have no. time to get it back to i mean to to race like that and roll like but then i mean literally right th mm. this is a bunch of 18 year olds yeah it's teenagers, okay? it's teenage and girls. they have smashed it down that course mm. um and you know and frankly there's like there's one error literally one error in yeah. the entire thing and and to just like be able to race that well at that age i mean so what a job what a job that they've spent like the past two three four years preparing to do absolutely and, awesome stuff and now they're you know they're, they're now henley winners for life it's great made me very happy I, I thought it I thought in a in a year that it was a genuinely great Henley that was my race of the year that that was going what, what about races you did oh in which case I'm going to nominate I'm not going to nominate Rutherford because I've won Rutherford and been fastest boat at Rutherford when Agecroft first did it. And our Rutherford reminded me of my great age, my many illnesses and my complete mortality as we try to navigate the bends with the grace of a hippo finding it difficult to get out of a particularly sticky mud hole. Um, I'm going to go with the new year's head which was uh, usually it's in the third week of january and we did a mixed crew uh it was a scratch crew in an eight um i genuinely love rowing with girls or ladies or women or however you want to put it that there's no egos they're not interested in the size of their biceps they they're just really into getting collectively together and making the boat go fast and it was great fun so does that mean like the whole time they're rowing they're not like sneakily looking at their bicep on their outside arm i was looking at my biceps on my outside arm because i was trained by dennis and and i can't break the habit no they 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 were just shifting the boat and and it was the boys who were kind of doing the but how how if you're not if you're not looking at your bicep on your outside arm how do you stop looking out of the boat it's really hard it's really really hard and and the the female the mental I mean, you know she actually said you have to keep your eyes in the boat and we were like i'm sorry <laughs> don't you know who we are and it's like no we, i don't care just keep your eyes in the boat keep pulling seven stop talking i'm coxing i was at seven my 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 <laughs> age you, really yeah odd, odd odd that isn't it my age my age cough training um you know no one talks but maddie and dennis unless they're invited to and then they keep it very brief momentarily slipped and actually there there was some footage of it that dan might have taken as we went through newburn and i was like okay so it's not like a rate 38 coming up the river but it's like a rate a rate 30 and it's moving all right and the flow is and the rhythm is there i just need to get fit again and then i caught COVID for the first time oh, so awesome. you know this year so bugger but yeah that that was a good race to be involved in do you have a good a good race that you were involved in I'm gonna say, um, yeah, Worthing Regatta. Okay. Um, is Worthing Regatta or Herne Bay Regatta? 
um, just for the sheer nutty chaos of racing without lanes. So imagine like <laughs> biggest traffic jam you've ever been in at the Fours Head or some similar long head that's going on for like more than nine minutes. And the thing is, they're not overtaking you and you're not overtaking them. You're all in the same place in the race, except there's no lane boys and you've literally got arguments. It's a regatta and you've got arguments between your coxes and the two coxes surrounding you on either side. And you're just like, and you're sitting there and just like, you're not at stroke. So you can't just say, steer into them, steer into them. Yeah. Like, take them, take them, move them on. See who breaks first, steer into yeah. them, go towards them. Um, and, and yeah, that, that is, that is just a genuinely awesome thing about coastal rowing. Um, that it is, there is a degree of fear chaos. Um, absolutely no two ways about it and it's really enjoyable and um even though you don't win you still have a really good time okay i think so, that's yeah i mean I, we, we should have done this properly and actually prepared for it rather than just essentially just had a chat and which is i think all of our best podcasts come from that space anyway to be fair yeah uh, i mean we should have like best book about rowing best We've done best workout, best race, best outing, um, best podcast guest. It's not really ranking them. You know, Drew was pretty special. I mean, what else? What else is there? Best? No, that's it. It's pretty much I, it, I, I, it. You know, otherwise it's going to be like, which is the best ore that you've used this year? What's your favourite online rowing app? Oh, don't is Zoom Ergos. I used, um, a pair of, I used a pair of croaker blades in a single this year. They're really positive at the catch. They're incredibly positive. That's good. You know, much more positive than your standard kind of dryzgacker jobs. But I, um, I also, there's a there's a scholar at time called uh, Duncan Ferguson who, who used to row with Dennis. And he has been experimenting with different skulls. And he's he's a proper single scholar. It's, it's his discipline, like in the way that I'm most conspicuously not. And he says, oh, you know, once you get into it, there's a very, very definite feel. And I've been trying to think, is it like, is it like being able to feel the difference between like a Martin acoustic and a Taylor acoustic, you know, or if you're a musician, you know, the difference between like the string gauge on my electric is different to the string gauge on my acoustic. And I can feel the difference without having to look at them sort of thing. And I guess it, I guess it must be, but I'm not, I'm not good enough to really, other than it's really positive at the catch. It seems to lock on fast. I can't say anything more than that. Really. The best door that I used mine. Cause I was using it, obviously, yeah. you know, it's, it's the man, it's the man who uses the ore who makes the ore, not the ore who makes the man. As, as Sting once said, an Englishman in New York, you know, uh, man is maketh man, ores maketh man. Or man make a thaws or whatever it is. Yeah, something along those lines. Something along those lines. I, 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 I think basically that's it. We've covered it. I think so. Um, and you're going to cut out all the blather and the drivel about like the jokes we laughed at in the 1990s that we really shouldn't have. 
I think I think the the forty eight minutes we spent on free speech at the start might need us one of us to look at it, and I know it's going to be me because you'll be doing your PGCE tomorrow. Yeah, no, it doesn't need anyone to look at it. It just needs to be removed. I shall, I shall, I shall perform the necessary surgeries. Right. So, listeners, if you are listening, thank you so much for sticking with us this year. It's been an interesting and fun year. We hope that you're all okay. We would like to get some more guests on. Lewin is basically working himself to death. I've been dying myself to death, but hopefully sometime in the new year, we'll reconvene and uh, carry on with the magic that is Broken Oars Podcast. And yeah, and if you haven't seen it yet, go on to YouTube and look up all the finals from Henley because there was some awesome rowing. And it was a great, great, great Henley. Indeed. Aaron, it was great. I'll see you soon. You'll see me soon. Farewell for now, young man.